This is Radio Romania International. You are listening to our one-hour broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa. We can also be heard on the internet at www.ri.ro, Channel 1. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and other social media platforms. Our programs are also available on TuneIn, Radio Romania International 1, and in Europe via satellite Utilsat 16A on 11,512 MHz, vertical polarization, azimuth 16 degrees east. We wish you good reception conditions. Hello, you are listening to the news on Radio Romania International. I am Vlad Palgu. On the rundown today, a Francophonie house is today opened at the Polytechnic University of Bucharest. The stock exchange operated at 22% efficiency in the first nine months of the year. And the anti-flu vaccination campaign kicks off in Romania. The Francophonie House is today opened in the campus of the Polytechnics University of Bucharest in a ceremony attended by President Klaus Johannes opening the new academic year. The house is the second of its kind after the one in Paris. The building was erected in record time and will house 300 students and researchers involved in different scholarly projects. In 2023, Romania celebrates 30 years since it joined the international organization of La Francophonie. In the opening of the new academic year, Interior Minister Catalin Predoiu told students that observance of the law and fellow citizens underlies just and prosperous societies. In turn, Defense Minister Angel Tulvar attended the opening of the academic year at the Military Academy. Education Minister Ligia Deca and Health Minister Alexandru Rafila attended the opening ceremony at the Karol Davila University of Medicine and Pharmacy in Bucharest. The Bucharest stock market had an output of 22% in the first nine months of the year, according to the Romanian Stock Market Index, rating 20 of the most traded companies in Romania. Factoring in the stock options provided by these companies, the stock market also recorded earnings of nearly 30%. A third of this growth was reported in September, when the two indexes reached an all-time high, growing by 9 and 10% respectively. The top three most traded companies last week were Hydroelectrica, OMV Petrom and Transylvania Bank. The anti-flu vaccination campaign kicks off this week with a few changes compared to previous years. Certain categories of the population will continue to benefit from fully subsidized vaccines based on prescriptions provided by family physicians. People aged 65, children under 6, institutionalized people, pregnant women, chronically ill patients and medical staff will all benefit from free-of-charge vaccination and medical practices. Right now, the anti-flu shots can also be administered in certain drug stores. 
Medical experts warn the flu virus could cause trouble this year amidst the research of COVID-19 infections. The 2023 Nobel Prize in Physiology and Medicine has been awarded to Katalin Kariko and Drew Weissman for their discoveries concerning nucleoside-based modifications that enable the development of effective mRNA vaccines against COVID-19, the Royal Swedish Academy of Science announced earlier today. And we go out with news from sports. South Africa defeated 49-18 Tonga in a Pool B fixture on Sunday and is very close to securing qualification to the quarterfinals of the World Rugby Cup hosted by France. South Africa leads the pool tables with 15 points, followed by Ireland with 14 points, Scotland with 10 points, Tonga and Romania with 0 points. Romania considered bitter defeats to Ireland, South Africa and Scotland and will play Tonga in its last match at the World Cup on October the 8th. And that was the news. The 2023-2024 university year kicks off for 450,000 Romanian students. This is Daniel Bills on the microphone with a report by Mihai Pelin. A new university year kicks off in Romania on Monday with the same old unsolved issues. School dropout, underfunded education, the shortage of means and proper equipment. Accommodation in student hostels is yet another issue under discussion. Many students have complained about the improper accommodation facilities and preferred to rent apartments instead. According to one of the professors, funds are provided depending on the number of students. So the higher the number of students, the larger the funding a university gets. The measure is forcing universities that usually don't have too much choice in terms of funding sources to allow all students to pass exams, even those who have a poor level of education. Because if you eliminate students, you'll eventually run out of funds. The Bucharest-based University of Medicine and Pharmacy, Carol Davila, this year boasts roughly 13,500 students. And the new generation of students will symbolically bear all throughout their years of study the name of neurologist Ovidiu Alexandru Bojanaru, a leading figure of the Romanian and international medicine. The National University of Polytechnic Science and Technology in Bucharest will this year have 40,000 students and 2,000 professors. A former merger with the university in Pitești, southern Romania, the institution kicks off the new year under a new name, the National University of Science and Technology. The 2023-2024 university year is also a new chapter in the life of the National University of Theatrical Art and Cinematography, Ion Luca Caragiale, also known as UNATC, a new stage in its development as a higher education institution. This moment marks the opportunity to reflect on its objectives and values, to focus on attaining excellence, to celebrate diversity and the contribution of every community member, a UNATC communique says. 
A new university year has also started for the higher military education institutions, such as the Military Technical Academy Ferdinand I, also in Bucharest. The institution has over 1,000 students, out of which 300 freshmen. The Polytechnic Institute was the most sought-after university this year, followed by the Faculty of Automation and Computers and, of course, the Medicine University Calor Davila. At present, Romania boasts 53 accredited state universities and 33 private ones. But the number of students drops every year, as many high school graduates go to study abroad. We must not forget, though, that between 2010 and 2021, the education law has got 117 amendments in a system known for its lack of coherence and consistency. And in terms of education funding, Romania lags behind almost all the other European countries. This year, Romania's education system has been allotted 3.2% of the GDP, an extremely low amount which is unable to satisfy its present needs. Romania received 2.7 billion euros from the European Commission, the second tranche of the National Recovery and Resilience Plan. I'm Elena Enake with more on this topic in a report by Sorin Titus Jordan. At the end of last week, the European Commission transferred 2.76 billion euros to Romania, the second payment request under the Recovery and Resilience Mechanism. The European Commission said that the payment was possible following Romania's fulfillment of the 49 milestones and objectives related to the second tranche. They cover key reforms in areas such as the green and digital transition, the adoption of the new law on decarbonization and the entry into force of the law on cloud services used in the public sector, Brussels said. At the same time, Romania also presented the reforms to improve the application of public policies, the promotion of tourism and culture, the development of human resources in the health sector, the improvement of tax collection and the sustainability of pensions, the modernization of the education system infrastructure, as well as the consolidation of the independence of the judicial system and of the fight against corruption. The head of the Bucharest government, the Social Democrat Marcel Ciolacu, hailed the Commission's announcement. He said that the Romanian government has the duty to manage efficiently and transparently these funds, which is intended for key reforms for the country's green and digital transition. Cholaku pointed out that the Romanian government is now also focusing on completing all milestones and targets related to the third payment request in order to send it to the European Commission as soon as possible and thus increase the chances of receiving the third installment earlier. In turn, the Speaker of the Senate, Nicolae Ciucă, the President of the National Liberal Party, part of the ruling coalition alongside PSD, said that the wise use of money from Brussels will mirror in the stability of the budget and would have a multiplier effect, which will lead to the improvement of the living standard of every Romanian. The National Liberal Party leader also said that the National Recovery and Resilience Plan contracted by Romania is a complex one and that only for the second payment request more than 3,000 documents had to be submitted. Payments from the Recovery and Resilience Mechanism, a key instrument at the heart of the next-generation EU program, are based on performance and depend on Romania's implementation of the investments and reforms set out in its own plan.
Romania submitted a second payment request to the European Commission in December 2022 and in June 2023, Brussels approved a partially positive preliminary assessment of it, but found that two benchmakers related to energy investment were not satisfactorily met. However, the Commission acknowledged that Romania has already taken measures to fulfill them. Romania's National Recovery and Resilience Plan will be financed with over 29 billion euros in grants and loans. The cumulative value of funds entering the country until now through the National Recovery and Resilience Plan is almost 10 billion euros. Dear friends, the Radio Romania Board of Administrators decided to temporarily suspend the use of two out of the five Radiocom shortwave transmitters that ensure the broadcast of Radio Romania International's programs because of budget cuts. The RRI programs in English are affected. All of them may be received on only one frequency instead of two as of August the 1st. The frequencies, as well as any other prospective changes operated by Radiocom further to reception monitoring and to your feedback on reception quality will be announced in our broadcasts on our webpage and on Facebook. We invite you to follow RRI's programs online at rri.ro, including On Demand, on SoundCloud, on Android and iOS apps, via TuneIn and via Satellite. You can find more details on our homepage. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn and Spotify. Next in this program is Song of the Day. Listen to Smiley with a song entitled This Is It. Ai, 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 ai,
Listening to Radio Romania International. The History Show. Hello, this is Daniel Bills at the microphone. Welcome to our history show. The openness, transparency and popularity of a dictator are some of the strongest signals a propaganda machine can transmit. But since in a dictatorship these signals must be interpreted as being the opposite, so in the communist regime Nicolae Ceausescu's figure was the opposite to that promoted by the propaganda. Not many Romanians can boast seeing him from up close and even fewer of shaking his hand. Suspicious and increasingly paranoid, Ceausescu would not let many people get too close to him. One of the few occasions when he would make an exception was when he travelled abroad and attended press conferences. Sorin Kuna worked for Radio Free Europe in the second half of the 1960s and is the Romanian journalist abroad who saw Ceausescu from up close most often. Interviewed by Radio Romania's Oral History Center in 1998, he said he would find out about Ceausescu's foreign visits from the Romanian press. He witnessed a total of 12 visits by the Romanian communist leader. We were at the Bayer company because his wife, who was a chemist, wanted to, or the German hosts had arranged for her, to visit the consortium in Leverkusen. As Ceausescu had official talks I didn't have access to, Noel Bernard decided we should also go to Leverkusen. After visiting a few departments, the group of officials entered a conference room and that's where she was given explanations and answers to the questions she asked. I then saw, I think for the first time, Adrian Paunescu, who was part of the press delegation accompanying the two. Bernard and I were standing in the back and didn't pay much attention to her questions but I was watching how Pounescu was sitting opposite her at the table and noting down every word she said conspicuously so that everyone would see how interested he was in what she was saying. 
Ceausescu had his people follow Sorin Kuna just as he did most other journalists working for Radio Free Europe. He recalls being mistreated by the Romanian communist delegation in Ankara. When they let the media know they could enter the room that was going to host the cocktail party, I slung my recorder over my shoulder and headed for the door. Everyone else walked in, but I was stopped by an individual who addressed me in Romanian and his tone was typical of Securitate officers. He knew exactly who I was. Don't put your recorder too close to the comrade. Keep a lower profile. Can't you see you are bothering him? I didn't answer back, so I just walked into the room. When it was Ceausescu's time to speak, I placed the microphone as close to him as possible so I could get his discourse on tape and be able to broadcast parts of it later. I have to say that, as he talked, he would take small sips from a glass with a yellowish liquid, which I think was chamomile tea. Maybe he was allowed to do so, or maybe the doctors who accompanied him knew better. Sorin Kuna was also asked if he ever got to speak directly to Ceausescu during press briefings. I addressed him a question once in Bonn. I have to say I would always sit on the front rows at press briefings because I really wanted my face to be in the news on the television. He answered my question though. And during a news conference in Vienna, I was also in the front row, very carefully observing the two. Whenever he was answering one journalist or another, while the answer was being translated, Ceausescu looked intently at his wife, Elena, for approval. And I saw her nodding most of the time, as if she wanted to say, yeah, you answered pretty well to that one. However, Ceausescu's capricious and aggressive personality often made him to take it out on the others. Sorin Kuna recalls such an episode. Also in Bonn, while answering a question regarding the Conference for Security and Cooperation, the translator, who was a guy from Bucharest, translated and completed the answer by specifically mentioning the Conference for Cooperation and Security in Europe. Ceausescu swiftly turned to the translator and snapped, I didn't say anything about Europe, you know. And the man had done nothing wrong but only mentioned the complete title of that international conference. I would also like to mention that Ceausescu was always carrying a comb with him, which it used to adjust his haircut right before joining a conference or public event. He was always very concerned about his physical appearance. Seen from up close, dictator Nicolae Ceausescu was nothing but a common, simple man, very different from the image the Romanian television was striving to promote at the time. However, history has somehow succeeded in overemphasizing the image of this tiny little man. (music) 
Next on Radio Romania International, Think Greener. Welcome, I'm Elena Enake. World Wild Fund Romania and the Norwegian Institute for Nature Research have published the result of a scientific report showing the onset of a crisis of pollinating insects. Together with climate change, these are the signs of a potential ecologic, social and economic disaster. A petition called To Be or Not To Be was also launched, which urgently asks the government to open the dialogue for the adoption and implementation of a national action plan with the aim of protecting pollinators. It includes several sectors such as agriculture, urban green spaces, research and education. Carmen Podurian, a project manager in the field of protected areas with World Wild Fund, explains the importance of pollinating insects. They provide several ecosystem services from those related to food as they ensure the pollination of agricultural production, help wild plants reproduce and ensure honey and bee products. We all know how beautiful a blooming meadow is and the fact that it is blooming precisely because of pollinators It is important to talk about pollinators because the number of such insects is declining both in Europe and the world. Studies in Europe show that over 37% of bee populations and 31% of butterfly populations are in decline. Moreover, if we look at Romania, we have noticed that this topic of pollinators, although it is one on the European and world agenda, is not a topic of interest for our decision-makers. There are no very accurate reports regarding the decline recorded by the pollinator population in Romania, says Carmen Padurian. However, the effects started to show. We see and feel the effect of a clean windshield when we go on trips. We don't see the insects anymore and we don't have to clean the windshield that often. As for the number of insect species, there has also been a decline. As far as Romania is concerned, there is information taken from an official report. The status of 58% of the insect species is either unknown because there are not enough studies for these species or it is unfavorable or inadequate. Unfavorable means not good. But why are these insects disappearing and why are their number decreasing? I think we all know that the way land is used has changed a lot, that pesticides are highly used and that is killing the insects. Also, the environment is polluted and many invasive species appear, while bee diseases and climate change affect the insects. About three quarters of agricultural crops depend, at least in part, on bees and other pollinators. Pollinated crops are those that provide fruit, vegetables, seeds or oil. The economic contribution of pollination to the agricultural sector in Europe has been estimated at 15 billion annually. And that has been Think Greener.
Hello and welcome to our sports desk. This is Daniel Beals at the microphone with good news from handball, but not so good news from rugby. Stay tuned. Next in this program, sports. Romanian gymnast Andrei Muntan has qualified for the Olympic Games in Paris next year after ranking 30th in the individual all-round qualifiers of the World Gymnastics Championships in Antwerp. This will be his second participation in the Olympics after the edition in Rio in 2016. Unfortunately, no athlete from our delegation played in the finals of the present edition of the World Gymnastics Championship and Romania's team has again failed to qualify for the Olympics, ending the competition in the 22nd place. We move on to women's handball now, as in the Champions League Group B, Rapid Bucharest ended in a 24-all draw, their away game against Hungarian side Ferenc Varos. On Saturday, Rapid ranks sixth in the group with three points out of four games. In Group A on Sunday, CSM Bucharest secured a 41-26 win against Swedish champions Seifhoff and are presently ranking fourth in the group with four points. The Champions League resumes in three weeks. In the European League, Romanian side Dunara Brăila has qualified for the third preliminary round after a 30-14 home win against Valur Reykjavik of Iceland. Dunara also won the away match 30-29 and will be up against German side Borussia Dortmund in the third preliminary round. The first game will be an away one for the Romanians on November the 11th or the 12th and the second game in Brăila on November the 18th or the 19th. Borussia Dortmund ended the previous edition of the aforementioned competition in the third position. At the World Rugby Cup on the way in France, Romania's national rugby side has registered their third defeat in a row. Our players came a cropper against Scotland 84-0 on Saturday. Romania also lost to Ireland 82-8 and 76-0 to South Africa. Let's move on to football now. Last weekend saw the matches of the 11th leg of Romania's Super League. On Friday, Ocelul Galat secured a 1-0 home win against Dinamo Bucharest, while on Saturday in Arad, Western Romania, local side UTA ended in a goalless draw their match against SC Voluntari. On their own turf, Farul Constanza clinched a 2-1 win against Sepsi. And that's all from our sports desk. You are listening to Radio Romania International.
Hello, this is Daniel Bills at the microphone. Phoenix is one of the first Romanian rock bands founded in Timisoara, Western Romania in 1962. Along the years, the band embraced several types of rock music, such as beat, psychedelic rock, hard rock and progressive rock. We now invite you to stay tuned for this band with one of their hits entitled I Am Asking You Sunshine. Împreună ne înțelegem, împreună ne înțelegem, 
unește aceeași soartă Ne unește aceeași soartă O stricăm și iar o trecem Mai din joacă, mai din ceartă Dar mi-aduc aminte că ai plecat Dar mi-aduc aminte că ai plecat Te pe tine soare During the communist dictatorship, this legend of the Romanian rock music suffered a lot of persecutions at the hands of the backward communist authorities, hell-bent on nipping in the bud any phenomenon that could make people think about the freedom and prosperity of the Western world. Let's now take another tune from this legendary band's repertoire. The one you are going to listen to in the following minutes is entitled Black Eyes, Gypsy Eyes. In an attempt to avoid the persecutions initiated by the communist authorities in Romania, the band members managed to flee the country in the big speakers they were using in their gigs across the country and made it to West Germany, 
We go out today with another folk-inspired song about the life of a famous Romanian outlaw known as Andri Popa. Șapte ani cu voinicie și-a bătut cioc de domnie Și tot fradă ne-ncetat Andrii Popa, hot bărbat Andrii Popa, hot bărbat E hai tu și e vestit Andrii Popa, cel voinic E hai tu și e Living Romania. This is Bucharest Radio Romania International. DX Mailbag. Welcome to a new edition in our DX Mailbag series. I'm Eugen Nasta. Once again, we go on a journey around the world, greeting listeners and friends, allowing you to compare how other listeners across the continents receive our programs. We're first quoting from a message sent in by Gary Paulson, based in Seattle, Washington, the United States of America. Good evening, my friends at Radio Romania. In spite of cutbacks and shortwave signals available since August the 1st, picking you up on 9850 kHz in Seattle, Washington, USA, is coming in so good that I had to re-EQ to tone down the overload. But trust me, that is a good thing, lol. Tonight at 300 hours UTC, the signal is dancing at the very top of my SDR display. Reception is very sharp, no less than perfect and crystal clear. I'm home now in the city and surprisingly, against all of the RF and atmospheric challenges that we're usually faced with, your signal couldn't be coming in better if it were FM stereo. I hope that this report finds all of you who make this wonderful hour of shortwave radio possible in the greatest of spirits. Thank you from your friends Gary, Catherine, Gidget and Rudy, our dogs from Seattle, Washington, 
the United States of America. And now we have a very important announcement for all listeners from around the world. Dear friends of Radio Romania International, the time has come to put all listeners in the spotlight. As many of you already know, we have launched a new initiative devoted to creating more online content addressing listeners of Radio Romania International. We have thus introduced a new section on our website, each week presenting the profile of a new listener. The goal is not only to introduce listeners to different types of equipment, listening habits and new technologies used across the globe, but also to create a vibrant community of Radio Romania International listeners and a platform for exchanging ideas, feedback and thus establishing a long-term bonds. If you wish to contribute and make your profile known to our community, you must provide a set of information and data about yourself, including the following full name, age, country of origin, profession and other interests, listening habits, associations, DX clubs, federations, organizations and such like, type of DXing equipment used, Radio Romania international frequencies used, Radio Romania international programs of interest, contact, email, call signs. You are listening to Radio Romania International. You with Radio Romania International, I'm Eugen Nasta with the DX Mailbag. Tomasz Kotasz, based in Katowice, Poland, tuned into our broadcast in English on September the 16th, 2023, on 13650kHz, with a simple rating of 5 all. The receiver was a Sanjian ATS 909X2 Plus MFG 1020C antenna tuner, with a long wire 20 0.5 meter antenna. Siddhartha Bhattacharji, living in the province of Karakpur, the district of Paskim Medinipur, West Bengal in India, tuned into our broadcast in English on September the 17th, 2023, from 0530 to 0600 hours UTC on 21550 kHz. Siddhartha's SIO rating for the signal of our programs was for all. The equipment used was made of a Communication type receiver model XData 808 with a loop antenna. Our good old friend Richard Lemke, based in St. Albert, Alberta in Canada, tuned into our radio station on September the 15th, 2023, on 11,620 kHz at 0,100 hours and 9,850 kHz at 0,300 hours. Time heard was 0, 0,100 hours, 0, 0,52, 0,300 hours, 0,352. Among the programs were Traveler's Guide and In the Spotlight, focusing on OECD, joining in July the Delegation, Education at a Glance 2023. In an event hosted by the Karol I Central University Library in Bucharest, government officials and representatives of the OECD attended the official launch of the Education at a Glance 2023 report. Attending were a large number of education experts, university rectors, department chairs and other academia. The report was published as a novelty this year after Romania joined the Indicators on National Education System program in 2023 and as a result will be included in each EAG report alongside other OECD members and candidates. Mr. Chris Malbeuf, living in British Columbia, Canada, 
tuned into our radio station on September the 16th, 2023, from 2200 to 2256 hours UTC on 11800 AM. The receiving equipment is made of a University of Twente SDR in the Netherlands with mini-whip antenna. Among the program details, there were the news, the weekend review, Inside Romania, Encyclopedia, the DX mailbag. According to Chris, the signal was clear and good when on USB mode. Moderate noise noticed, moderate propagation conditions. The symbol was 45333. Mr. Malik Allah Bachaya Kokar, living in Pakistan, tuned in to our broadcast in English on September the 19th, 2023, on 21.550 kHz from 0500 to 0630 hours UTC with a SINPO rating of 55544. Mr. Norihiko Ide, a bank employee living in Tokyo, Japan, tuned in to our broadcast in English on 9790 kHz on September the 19th, 2023, from 2200 to 2229 hours UTC, with a simple rating of 35333. The receiving equipment was made of a Sony ICF SW7600 GR receiver with a Sony AN-LP1 active loop antenna. Again, Mr. Richard Lemke, who lives in St. Albert, Alberta, in Canada, tuned into our radio station on September the 14th, 2023 on 90.50 kHz from 03.42 to 03.52 hours UTC. Debakamal Hazarika, a member of the Universal DX Club based in Assam, India, wrote the following on our programs. We quote, It is with great pleasure that I write to tell you that I have heard your radio station today. Debakamal tuned into our radio broadcast in English on September the 21st, 2023, from 0544 to 0555 hours UTC on 17760 kHz with a simple 04 all. And the receiver was a Philips RL452 communications type with a random long wire antenna. We quote from Debakamal's message. I had listened to Society Today here in Golagata Sam. In this program, today's guest was Razvan Petri, a graduate of Kent's College, London, where he studied political science. Razvan Petri is equally concerned with the civic and political involvement of young people in his native country. Mr. Tim Brockett, our listener living in Montana, the United States of America, wrote the following on our programs. Dear Radio Romania, I enjoyed listening to your station tonight, September the 23rd, 2023. I'm a frequent listener and have been for many years. The radio I'm using is an AirSpy HF Plus Discovery connected to U-Loop Antenna. I have that connected to a Windows 11 HP 15-BS2XX laptop running SDR hashtag software. I tuned to radio station in English on September the 23rd, 2023, at 03.07 hours UTC, on 98.50 kHz, with a 5-all SINPO. That's all we had time for in this week's DX Mailbag. Those of you who sent in their reception reports will receive a QSL card in the shortest time possible. 
Tune in again next week. Until then, from me, Ojen Nasta, it's goodbye and all the best 73s. Focus on Romania. Coming up next on Radio Romania International. Simply Folk. Welcome to Simply Folk. I invite you to listen to Natalia Gliga with a love song. And with that, our broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa has come to an end. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write an email at engl at ri.ro.